Welcome to the podcast arm of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Peculiar People's Parish, based in Regina, Canada. Our mandate is pursuing His purpose, pronouncing His power, and proclaiming His praise. You can subscribe to our podcast channel today, so you never miss an episode of our podcasts. Be blessed by this teaching. I welcome everybody and I welcome our online church to today's question and answer session. And I pray that the Lord will help us answer those questions in the name of Jesus. As we proceed, I'd like to invite our panelists to the, to the podium. And I'd like to start with a very good-looking gentleman. You won't know he's in church even when he's in church. His name is Dr. Azam. Please clap for him. You're welcome, sir. Second, I would like to invite somebody special to me. I don't know about you. We bear the same name, both in first name and last name. Why are you saying her? If you bear the same name as me, both in first name and last name, please, you are welcome to the altar. Thank you so much, man. You know the name already. So I'd like to invite also. I can't see the birthday boy. I'm looking for a gentleman. Okay, I've seen him. <sighs> Please help me welcome the person that will be constructing all our answers for us under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Lucky Aluge. <laughs> I'd also like to welcome our keyboardist, Pastor Femi Ajayi. But not the least, I'd like to welcome Pastor Mrs. Shaba. Thank you so much. You're all welcome. And if you still have questions, um, we'll take some questions in church. And I'll encourage our online church, if you have questions, please uh, send them in. To assist me is our own very bishop. Let me clap for Bishop Obebe.
Okay, good evening, church. Welcome to our Bible study for today. To all those that sent in their questions, thank you and God bless you. To others, you're not permitted to ask questions. Just kidding. Um, so, well, thanks for sending in your questions. We're going to begin with question one. Question one says, is divine purpose time sensitive? And when does it become too late to accomplish your purpose? Could there be a second chance? Is divine purpose time sensitive? When is it too late to accomplish it? And if you've missed it the first time, is there a second chance? That's the question. Um, Ecclesiastic 1. Ecclesiastic chapter 3 from 1, 1 to 3. You know, Bible talks about time and season. Going from that context, it is evidence that everything, purpose precedes creation. That's number one. So, when you're talking about timing in relation to purpose, it is time-bound. Everything that God has created, it allocates time to it. For example, there's a time to plant. There's a time to reap. As a farmer, during the planting season, if you are gallivanting about and wait for one special grace to turn this around for you, my dear, I must tell you, you have to wait until the next season, the next planting season. Now, the question of when does it become too late? To every rule, there's exception. Jesus Christ started his ministry at the age of 12. We know when David also started Joseph at what age? But what of Abraham? So there are some situations where you could not fulfill your purpose, not on your own making. That one is understandable enough. God can make up time for you in that sense. But we don't dwell with that mentality. And where we are supposed to do what we are, what we are meant to do, we don't do it. It doesn't work that way. Purpose is time-bound. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Uh, the Bible says in the book of uh, Ecclesiastes, chapter 12, verse 1, it said, Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth, before the difficult days come, and the years draw near, when you say, I have no pleasure in them. To everything in life, there is time. And Jesus said, I will walk the walk of him that sent me. Why it is day? The night comment, comment when no man walk. So everything that God has created, there is a reason that God created 24 hours in a day. He didn't, if, he, if there is no purpose, if there is no purpose for, for timing, God will have, will have made it maybe 48 hours or 200 hours in a day. After 24 hours, we have a day. So it is time-bound. However, there, it is never too late. God can do anything in his time. The Bible says he make everything beautiful in his time. When God decides to do whatever he decides to do, he will do it. Nobody can stop him. If he decides he's going to be Abraham, uh, Abraham and Sarah, they had their children, uh, Isaac at a very later time in their life, and they still fulfill their purpose. 
So nothing, it is, it is God's prerogative. God has the right to say it is, it is over or it is not over. And it is not over until it is over. So that is my submission. Praise the Lord. To the, to the young among us and the, the, this popular scene. Thank you. That ah, God is, a, is God of a million uh, chances. If I miss it, I can always uh, go back. It's true, but uh, it should not be by our own doing. There is this story in the Bible of a vineyard that um, the, 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 the dresser, the God was expecting fruit, and there was no fruit. He said, I will give you another chance. And after that, I'm going to pull it down. So don't think we have all the time in the world. God is merciful, but at the same time, we should be, we should be very careful the way we handle it, especially when it is purpose. You may think we have the whole time. Nobody knows when Jesus will come. And nobody knows when death will come. You understand? So whatever we, we find our hands to do, let's do it faithfully and let's do it well. Because we don't know. We don't know. We don't know tomorrow. It's only God that knows. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, ma'am. Given the fact that um, you have mentioned that purpose is defined and then chances are limited, there is time. I have a question here that says, are there practical ways or tools to know my purpose in life? You've told me I don't have all the chances. I have to do it now. But then how do I know what I need to do now? What are the practical ways or tools I can use? I would say, as an engineer, when, when there is a problem with a machine, go and ask the manufacturer. The first person that you need to go and ask is, the, is the, your maker. He knows what and what you should do. Even if you consult a human being, they can, give, they can derail you, they can mislead you. But the first and the most practical thing to do is go and ask your manufacturer. He will tell you what to do. Thank you. Praise the Lord. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, it said, Before I formed you, I knew you. So God, God knows us. He knows why. That this prayer I normally pray, there is a mystery that is surrounding my life. That God should just open it up for me. So I believe strongly, I just want to buttress what Uncle Femi have just said, that we should go to him. He's the one that formed us. So he's the one that knows why. He said, I've separated you. Have ordained you for a particular thing. So he's the one that created, or he's the one that formed us, he's the one that put that thing in us. So we should go back to him and ask him. So we say, pray, 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 pray. His prayer. God bless us in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Um, to add to what uh, all that has been said as well, um, I believe purpose as well is, a, is not a future destination, it's a daily destination, if you understand what I'm saying. Psalm 139 verse 16 says, Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and your book, all the days of my life were written before I ever took shape. When 
as yet there was none of them. So every day we wake up, there's a plan God has for us. There's a purpose to be fulfilled for that day. So the idea is you wake up in the morning, your, part of your devotion should be, Father Lord, what's my purpose for this day? How am I going to fulfill my will for this day? What's written in the books of me for today? What do I need to do? That's still going back to prayer, but it's a daily thing. It's not a future destination. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, ma'am. The next question deals with our topic on the study of habits and discipline. And it says, how can we prevent daily time with God from becoming a routine or religious obligation rather than a spiritual exercise that it is? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, I... The Bible said the prayer of a sinner is abomination to him. Before we establish a routine, before we pray for anything, we must first establish that fact that we are children of God. We are born again. So at salvation, a mayor of the Spirit of God is within us. So that connects us. We say, so after salvation, what do we do? We, we made decision. I can't forget the, was it Bible study or Sunday service that Sister or Baby took, that we should make decision. Decide. I want to have relationship. I want to talk with my father. You understand? You made that decision. That is where commitment and uh, discipline comes in. I, I, I now have a heavenly father that I have reunited myself with. Then I need to establish a relationship with him. So you make up your mind, okay, I want to talk to this God. So having said that, you know, G Jesus, Jesus came to show us how to do things. The Bible said in Luke chapter 6, verse 16 or so, it said, Jesus, NIV said, Jesus will often go to a solitary place to go and pray. I was just thinking in my head, maybe it's only Jesus that did it. Do you know, in, uh, in that, Daniel also did the same thing. Daniel chapter 4, verse 10. Chapter 5, verse 10. The Bible said, after they have seen the decree, he went to his house, opened the window, as his usual way of doing things, as he had been doing aforetime. So people practice it in the Old Testament. They practice it. Jesus also shows us as a perfect example that is very important. We do what? We establish that. Having a relationship with God first, then establish that. Constantly visit it. How do we now make it not a routine? How do we now stay and make sure we connect every time? That is where whatever we are doing in the place of when, when it's spiritual, when it's spiritual, ensure you connect. That connection is very, very important. It's very important. Let's connect. Uh, do you see, sir? Spirit to spirit. Father to son, spirit to spirit. You understand? Father is a spirit. And we as a spirit, be spiritual person, Connection is very important. So when we, it, 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 won't, it won't be a routine. It won't be an obligation. When you know you are going to the presence of your father, you want to go and have conversation with him. You understand? You want to go and, want to go and talk with him. I, I, I look forward to my husband to come back from work. 
I look forward to a friend to call me. You understand? So it should be that because I know I'm going to be impacted positively. It's going to draw something into, into my heart. You understand? So when it is, when it is, when we make connection, then we look, we'll, it will no longer be a routine that I must do. I, I, I set my water and I look at, I look at time when, I, when it is getting to the time, I don't want to talk with anyone that will distract me. You understand? I look forward to it because I know what? Something is good. God is going to rub off on me. Praise the Lord. I'll continue from where she stopped. Um, she mentioned commitment and discipline. And I want to say that that question is a very important question. Uh, that why, where, how do we prevent us getting to that point of um, routine and not really connecting? And we can easily get there. We can easily get there, even uh, as a believer. Um, but when we look at that lesson, when we learned that lesson, there were, f there were six things we need, we need to do for daily time in God's word. Uh, we have study, we have read, we have listen, we have memorize, we have meditate, we have apply. Now we learned that all of them are all connected. So um, first of all, our reason for doing things, uh, where is the position of our heart? Are we doing it because someone has said it are we doing it to fulfill all righteousness? Those are some of the things we need to first of all address. But after that, to be honest, brothers and sisters, if we do those six things diligently, it will go beyond just um, doing a routine. If truly we memorize and meditate God's word, we will be blessed. It will go beyond just routine. Now, when it goes to routine, is when we don't have time. We don't want to commit time. We just listen to it, maybe in the morning, or just listen to it while we are doing something else. Or we just read, and we are reading the letters. But the Bible says in many places, Joshua 1.8, um, also says in the book of Psalms at the beginning, that if we meditate therein, we will be blessed. So I believe that if you take 10 minutes now to meditate on one particular word of God, you'll be blessed. God will speak to you. We just need to make that time and have the right reason to do what we are doing. And same thing with applying God's word. Um, James 1.25 said it, that if we continue in the perfect law of liberty, uh, not being a forgetful area, but being a doer of the word, we'll be blessed. So every day in the morning, we pick a word, uh, we pray to God that we want to apply his word. And we diligently assess every situation of life by the word of God. We will be blessed. It will go beyond routine. But when we don't have that time, maybe we are too busy or we are doing it for the wrong reason then it becomes routine. Before, before you move to the next question, yeah, at, at what point does it become routine? Because somebody is doing it every day, that's what makes it a routine? 
or somebody is not doing it all the time, he does it once in a while. Is that, is that the definition of being routine? I, I, I really want to get that. Because this is it. It takes a level of discipline for you to wake up 7.30 or 5 a.m. every day and you do devotion for 30 minutes or 20 minutes. And you have been doing it for three years, two years, one year. It takes a level of this. So the issue of discipline to some extent is taken care of. I don't, I, I, I'm not sure if unbelievers will be so dedicated to be waking up 5 a.m. every morning and they say, I want to do my morning devotion and he prays. So discipline, the area of discipline is taken care of. If you belong to that category and you do it all the time and you feel maybe it gets, you, you become, uh, it becomes a tradition and you begin to feel you are losing it. Stay in the presence of God. Don't because of, so that it will look as if it's a religion. Okay, maybe let me be doing it once in a while. Or maybe I don't, let me be doing it in my heart. It's a gradual thing. Before you know it, you won't even do it at all. So if you have been doing it all the time and you are missing it, you need the, spirit, you need the help of God to really get the prayer. So like as, um, as uh, Pastor Mrs. said, you know, to get connected as much as possible. But for you to be thinking about, oh, I think it's becoming a routine. Maybe I should try something else. Maybe I'll be doing it in my heart. Or maybe when I'm driving, it's a gradual thing before you. Because our heart is so fragile. So if you are used to doing it, please keep doing it. God will always help you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah, uh, the word routine, I feel it is negative. Because uh, something becomes a routine when you don't enjoy it. If you are enjoying if you enjoy the, the presence of God, it won't be like a routine. And if you have a reason, a purpose for going to the presence of God, it won't be, to, it won't be a routine. If I want to build this park, I know I have to do push-up every day. I won't say ah, it's, it's painful. Because if I stop doing it, I'm going to grow 20 pack full of fat. So you, we, we, two people... In the, uh, came to Jesus, uh, Jesus was uh, with Mary and Martha. One was thinking that it is by service. One was think, another one was thinking about relationship, like other people have talked, talked about. It's about relationship. If you enjoy the presence of God, you won't even think about uh, how many time, how many minutes you have spent there. So it becomes a routine where we don't feel we are enjoying it. And sometimes, I tell you, you have to do it continuously, even when you don't feel like, because it is in in uh, forming an abuse inconsistencies that you now be, it now become a part of you. I've read my Bible almost, I've almost completed my Bible this year. And uh, like sometimes you will not feel like reading. But you know that in the reading is your life. Your life, the Bible, uh, uh, Moses said, it is your life. You know, if you don't do it, you are going to, you are going to lose out. So it will not become a routine it's because something you are you you are getting something from you are getting you look at the benefit of it when the benefit is overweigh the cost it will not become a routine to us praise the lord Hallelujah. thank you so much sir do we have any questions in the house do you have any questions in the house at the back okay thank you just want to ask them um, what Jesus was doing, waking up early in the morning, going to pray. Were they routines or what were they? Okay. Because I... I, I so, yes, sir. 
that was a relationship with father and son relationship. Jesus was, when we were in secondary school, we were talking about, they, they thought about earth, acquisition of earth, maintenance of earth, sustenance of earth. If you want to maintain the relationship with God, it has to be something you do on a regular basis. Aristotle said that we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence is not an act, but an habit. If you want to continue the relationship, we need to do it consistently. And that was what Jesus was doing. So I, I, don't, I don't think routine is wrong because God himself had that, that, that routine. He will walk down to meet man, to have fellowship with him. He will do that every time. So I don't think routine is wrong, sir. Now, if you go there with a heart that is heavy, you are heavy, your heart is heavy, you have a relationship. The time that you go, oh, you wake up, you, you think, I think I'm supposed to be meeting with my, my lover now. And you go to that person, or to, you go to that place. It's not a routine. In your heart, you know something is wrong if you don't go there. It is not a routine. It is, it is see, rebels can't sit down here now that we are. I don't know if you understand. They cannot sit down here. It takes someone that has the fear of God to come and sit down here to hear this word. So let's not use that word routine. Because I go to his presence every day. I know I will get something. If I don't get, I have to be there. That's not religion as well. But I have to stay there to hear from him. The Bible says it's not by works that we are saved. So I'm not looking at it that I have to do it. But I'm looking at it that it's an obligation. That if you say you love somebody, you have a responsibility and a duty to fulfill. You don't say it. The Bible says in Songs of Solomon, it says your name is like an ointment that is poured forth. Therefore, do the virgin love thee. Now, there is something in that name. When we call the name, it's not a routine. There is something in it. Thank you, sir. I Thank you. Sorry. I think... Uh, we should just say mere routine. When it's not mere routine, maybe that's what we should say, not just routine. I think, okay, praise the Lord. So I think with this question, the, the concern is not the routine. The concern is not doing it daily. The, the concern is that the, the fact is there are certain times where you can keep doing something continuously and be diligent, but you're not getting anything out of it because it is just religious. There are people who have been reading their but they have not changed. Nothing, do you understand the point? So is that how do I engage? So that's the answer we're trying to give is, yes, we understand some people can call it routine. You may not call it routine. It doesn't matter. But how do I engage that process to the point where I am getting value continuously and I'm not doing it subconsciously just to check my list or so when they say have you done it I know I've done it do you understand so that's where that that that's coming from I'll take Uncle Femi and then I'll take Sister Janet hallelujah praise the Lord I think we just nailed it on the head uh, we need to look at the context the Jesus Christ admonishes us that our religion should not be like the religion of the Pharisees the Pharisees pray regularly every day. They have specific time that they pray every day. They go, they go to the temple to pray every day. But they do it religiously. They do it because they believe that they just have to do it. Even when Christ the Savior was with them, despite the fact that they were going 
into the temple to pray every day. They did not even acknowledge him. Why? Because they were just religious. They were not spiritual. They were not sensitive. So I think the contest here is that we should not just be checking the box. So that if pastor asked in church, how many people have read the open heavens today? I will read, I'll raise my hand, my hand. I've read it. But if they ask me 30 minutes later, what is the topic? What did I read? Then I can't remember because there was no connection. So it is a spiritual exercise. Let's make it a spiritual exercise. Not because somebody is asking us to do it or because we are checking the box. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Do we have any other questions? Do you have a question? No. Okay. Do we have any other questions in the house before we take the next one? Any questions in the house? Nobody? Okay. Online. Online? Okay. One second. Go ahead, Pastor IT. So it's not questions, there's just been a bunch of contributions from online. Okay. Um, so, uh, okay. So initially on the initial questions, uh, the second chance is determined by God. Some people may not have the second chance, while some people may be lucky to have the second chance. However, God is merciful, but we should not risk it. Uh, there is time for everything. There are some situations that is, that is automatic. For example, age. A man that starts his ministry at 60 years may not find it funny, like the one that starts at his youthful age. Mm. So still talking about the timing of purpose. It says, for example, a man at 60 to fast for seven days compared to a man in his 20s fasting for seven days, it might not be as easy. Um, someone said the presence of the holy spirit makes our devotions new every day mm -hmm. um, when you are not enjoying your devotion then it becomes a burden but it should be a time of talking with god it should be a time of refreshing and enjoying god we should allow the holy spirit help us receive um, and then the person also said a routine can be either positive or negative. It depends on the motive and perspective at which we look at it. A routine is good. We all have and undergo routines every day. A routine sometimes forms a discipline habit in you. When you do it as a show off and you brag with it, it is now a negative routine. Involve the Holy Spirit. Pray about your devotions before you start and ensure you practice what you read daily in your devotion. Thank you so much. We'll take the next question. Um, thank you so much, sir. So I want to ask this question. Since we are talking of devotion and God's presence, um, this question says, if God is all around me, if God is all around me, like we all say, is there a tangible way to feel his presence? Is there a tangible, by tangible, like something falling, like I hear boom. Who wants to help us, please? The Lord. I'll, I'll try to begin, because uh, when it's time for us to uh, see signs and wonders, uh, the discussion takes a different turn. I, I feel like um, a lot of us, we are always expecting signs and wonders. And the one who does signs and wonders is God. Um, but sometimes we have not done our part. We are looking for signs and wonders. 
the first thing is for us to obey God and love him for who he is and everything that he's doing. So my job, I, I speak for myself, is to obey him. My job is to love him. My job is to do what he says and do his commandments. And God will choose to do signs and wonders. I can be expectant, but it doesn't mean that every time that I have to pray, I'm uh, expecting something to move. It doesn't mean that every time that I have to, uh, that I'm watching, I'm in a service, a, a major big service, I'm expecting something to move. And I tell you, brothers and sisters, these signs do occur sometimes. Um, I may be worshiping, I may, I may be feeling something within my heart that God is telling me something by the help of the Holy Spirit. Uh, but I would encourage us, because we can easily miss God's blessings by expecting it to be in a kind of way that we think it should be. Uh, we know, according to uh, Isaiah 55, uh, verse 7, that is ways are not our ways his thoughts are not our thoughts he went on to say that just as the heaven is above the earth the same way his ways are higher than ours so we can miss blessings easily if that's our focus but rather i would encourage us to do our part and the one who does signs and wonders will do his own part praise the lord praise god oh this is very interesting you know I want to ask this question. You just enter a room and there's a lion in that room. It was, the lion is facing the other side. Will you start praying at that point and say, God, what should I do now? Should I run? Should I wait? God, the answer is run. There is no two ways about that. I don't understand. You, you, you find yourself in the middle of a road and a trailer is coming. How many minutes do you have that you have to pray? God has spoken. Take to your heels. We tend to deceive ourselves. Sometimes we know these things, but we just, we just want some shaking and some movement. It doesn't work that way. This is it. God has spoken. You're about to do something that is wrong and you just realize this thing is wrong. It's okay. Should I still do it? Maybe God will understand. It's wrong. Uh, flee. That's what the Bible says. You don't, I mean, why do you have to wait until, I don't understand it. I don't get this most time where people wait until they hear, they hear, they want to hear a loud noise. It's most, even singles, sometimes, they have like two, one or two brothers coming around. Most time they are attracted to the things that they want to see. They don't respond to what God is saying. There's this inner witness. You just feel some kind of peace around this other person. You, maybe the other person, there's something that is not right. But you see that person is more presentable at this time. He looks more handsome. Maybe he has some good money. So you will not want to listen to what, what the Holy Spirit is saying. So that's why we sometimes we get confused and say, is God is this thing? Is God speaking? God is always speaking. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So I'm going to read um, from John 14, verse 21. It says, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. 
So the mere fact that you love God, you obey his commands, right? You, you constantly check what you do. You have the Holy Spirit with you, right? That's that presence. It doesn't have to be, when we were doing the review, it was like, you don't need jiggy jiggy to feel that he is there. He is constantly with us. He's constantly with you. He, you are his child, right? You don't need some big manifest presence to prove that. He says, as long as you love him, you obey his commandments. You walk by his ways, right? It means he is always there. That's my submission. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible said, says, uh, the just shall live by faith, not by feelings. We, we receive salvation by faith. It's not by feeling. If I believe that God is with me, and I walk in that faith, I will experience the presence of God. But if I'm looking for a shaking, the Bible talks about the story of uh, Elijah. There was earthquake, God was not there. There was wind, God was not there. He came through a still, small voice. So if we are waiting for one uh, miraculous uh, uh, happening or something, then we may miss it. And we may be getting some feelings that are not from God. So we need to be careful and live by faith. I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. That's my submission. Praise the Lord. Quickly, I'm just trying to look for a passage. I think Exodus chapter 17. I will read from verse 3. And the people tested there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why is it, why is it you, you have brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with tests? So Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, What shall I do with these people? And they are, they are almost ready to stone me. Verse 5, and the Lord said to Moses, go on before the people and take with you some, some of the elders of, the, of Israel. Also take in your hand your rod with, with which you struck the river and go, behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Oreb. So God was standing there and I believe they would see him. And he was at work in the life of Moses. And I, I know they won't know that God was there. That's why sometimes we just come to church and just behave anyhow. You just, you just do things. Because what? We can't see the, the fall. We can't see the shaking. We can't see the shaking. He said, go and I will stand before you there. I, and you know they can be there and be doing that because, because there was no cloud, there was no shaking, there was no earthquake. God is not there. I said, go and I will stand before you. It's, it's faith to believe that is there even when there is no shaking. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Do we have any contributions from in the church, please? Praise the Lord. Uh, in addition to all that has been said, I'm just going to add this. Uh, the first thing I believe is, uh, number one, we all have an expectation of the way we think the Holy Spirit should function. But we've forgotten that is God. And God could come 
in different way, in like different dimension, that it really wants to manifest itself. We have to be open and recognize his presence by inviting him. Because when you're conscious that, Holy Spirit, I need you and I want you, and you are yearning, you tarry, and the hunger is there. In as much sincerely, you open up and you just open up to him and tell him that you want him to help you. It might not come in the way that we all think that it has to be big, 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 ga, 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 but he always show up in his way. And most of the time, if you are sensitive in the spirit, you will feel him. You will feel his presence. Yeah. Whether whether during the worship, you will feel him. Whether during the meditation, while, while you are meditating, while you are pondering, it will begin to just direct you. Bring different things, different story, reminding you to different verses, and you will be connecting it only if when we are conscious and we recognize him and we ask because we know that he's there. But I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to be recognized and he wants us always to ask, please help me. And he will manifest itself in his way. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. Pastor Iwai. One thing she has said, um, if you listen to Pastor's teaching, Pastor said, always acknowledge who? Always acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit. Um, praise the Lord. For me, I think the knowledge that he's there is more important to me than the feeling. And there's just an example I'm thinking of in my head. I might be in the same house with my wife, and I'll be in the basement. She's upstairs. She's not feeling anything, but she's aware that I'm at home. If anything happens, it's just a matter of calling me, and then I show up from the basement. So the knowledge is more important, and this knowledge is what helps us to tap into uh, the benefits of his presence. Like Jacob said, so God is here, I did not know it. He's always there, but the knowledge is more important to me. That's just my submission. Thank you so much, sir. MJ, before we take online. Amen. So I think the question was, is there a way to feel the tangible presence of God, right? So yes, there is a, tan there is a way to feel the tangible presence of God. And I think that's by everything that everyone has also inputted so far, is that as human beings, we have senses, right? We have sen five senses, at least we were taught in school. Smell, sight, you know, touch. Uh, hearing as well and the way that I like to think about it is when we are interacting with human beings too that are around us we can see them we can feel them if they touch us right we can hear them um, we can do all of these things because God gave us these senses as well because I believe that he also touches and taps into them when he's communicating with us and so through reading his word, we can hear him. That is, that's tangible, right? Um, when we worship, when we pray, 
sometimes sure they could be that blow of wind or whatever it is that that he would manifest itself for us to feel him also happens too as well so essentially combining everything that everyone has said is that acknowledging him that first of all by faith i know that he is here and going through the things that we know to do by reading his word we already know that he's in there we can hear what he says uh, by worshiping by praying he can speak to us in there we can feel him those um, uh, feelings or those senses can also come alive to us even as christians uh, as we go about our you know daily devotion and walk with god amen, amen. thank you, thank you, so you sir much. we'll take online comments okay okay thanks sir um so uh i'm just going to so uh, well, we just need to believe sometimes. This is one of the uh, people commenting says we we just need to believe sometimes. Sometimes it feels as if God is not there, as if God is not working. However, God is there working. Faith is needed, even though I cannot see it, even though I cannot feel it. You never stop. You never stop working. Okay, so is this song? <laughs> um, challenges do. Do, do not mean God is not present, um, like with Elijah's experience. Um, another comment says, we need our spirit to connect with God. The more we stay in his presence, the more we recognize his voice, his leading, his intuitive perception, etc. Um, and then the, re the reason we sometimes feel that God's presence is not there is that when we are separated from him or at times when we sin or do something wrong we feel guilty and we feel god is not there for us thank you so much sir next question so i had something sorry okay um the, something else came to mind that because of the way our daily activities are like there's so much noise around us most of the time as well so sometimes a bit of quiet as well just secluding yourself two minutes three minutes in the course of the day just be quiet quiet everything and listen you would hear him as well thank you so much ma'am so i will Sorry. just add this uh, as we are seated here we have radio frequencies around us radio frequencies around us and this microphone will not work if i'm not tuned to the frequency of the transmitter if we are not tuned to the frequency of the holy spirit we may not really pick the signal of the holy spirit we need to stay tuned and uh, uh, be sensitive in our spirit for us to get the real frequency that God is uh, transmitting to us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. You wanted to say something? Sorry, I just feel like I should quickly share a testimony in line with what they just said. Because I know um, she mentioned that there's a lot of things happening. And I remember the last video we did. I, I didn't want to come. Or I wanted to come. But the last minute, I didn't want to come anymore. I was too tired. I've had so much to do that day. But after that feeling, I felt it within me that I should come. So I summoned that courage and that willingness to come. And when I came, I, I was upstairs and we were praying that vigil. Pastor Mrs. was leading us in prayer about um, many of us want to see the gift of the Holy Spirit, but we don't know the Holy Spirit. Um, we need to know the Holy Spirit. That should be our prayer. Rather, so I prayed that prayer. 
you know, with my heart that, that day, that night up there. And I could sense that I felt the presence of God when I got back home, mm. when I got to sleep. Mm. I had a dream that is still a reference point for me till now. Hallelujah. So I feel like it's true. Distraction is a key thing, but let's have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to go quickly to the next question. It says, is it an act of faith to say it as well when you are actually drowning in sorrow and it is not all well? Or is it just a religious slogan? So someone is drowning in sorrow. Someone is in difficulty and you ask them and they say it is well. Is it an act of faith or is it just, you know, a religious slogan? Praise the Lord. I think it depends on the motive. Like um, we, we, we said during the review that um, it is where it came from the Shunammite woman. She was in a, in a big trouble. The only son, the only child passed away. And uh, she put the child on the bed and she told the husband, it is where. She went forward, she met Gaius. Gaius, it is well. But when she got to the, the prophet, she poured out her heart. That's, she poured out her heart. She, she, the Bible even recorded that she, she heard the skirt of the man, of the prophet of God. So I, just my own uh, thing, I was just thinking maybe just first, Gaius, you can't help me. <laughs> my husband, you can't help me. I know who will help me. So I, it's better for me to go to who is going to help me? I need to pour out my heart to that person that is going to help me. So in, in, in our work, like a mirror of my mind, I won't say negative thing. No matter how bad it is, I won't say negative thing. I look my, you are going to make it in Jesus' name. You know that kind of a thing. So I'm saying it like a prophecy to them. That's what I want to see. Because I'm saying it, and if I think you're, going, you're, going to, you're not going to help me, you're going to to have value, I may not want to pour out my heart to you. You understand? So, to me, it may not be, maybe it's longer, it may be, it is well to you. I don't want to talk to you, or I know who to talk to. So, it depends. Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. It is Hallelujah. well. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, the Bible says, Let the poor say, I am rich. Let the weak say, I am strong. If I'm not seeing that in an act of, in, in a, as an act of faith, I'll be lying. So if I'm saying it is well, I'm saying it is well to people that could not help me, like a pastor Mrs. has said. But when, it, when I get to the presence of God that could help me, I will tell God, God, it is not well. I need help. And if I am <laughs> with my Oga here, I will tell him, Oga, it is not well. I need this. Just come out. I'm in trouble. I need assistance here. So it's an act of faith, actually, when you say it is like you are confessing positive things. But when you get to where you need solution, don't say it is well, low. <laughs> because they will think you are okay, <laughs> while you are not okay. okay. Praise the Lord. Praise God. The question now is, how do I know who to tell it is well? And how do I know who to tell I need help? Because I, I remember a situation that happened back home in Nigeria. I run a solar business then, so we are going for one installation in um, Lagos State. 
So we, we didn't finish the first day, so we had to go back home, then mobilize for the second day. Now there was this lady that just did training with us a few weeks earlier. So it was not necessary she followed us because what we are going to do was just to energize the system and that was all. So, but she was like, she wanted to follow us. She just, I, I didn't really want, I said, what is she going to do? I said, okay, well, she sits in the car. She's not going to sit on my head. So we went. We, we, we got there, within two hours, we're done with the installation. So we're going back in Ore. A police just flagged us and we stopped. And the guy was so angry. I don't know what, what was wrong. He just requested for my vehicle paper I gave him. And he just spotted something, and that was all. He never wanted to listen to me. He pulled out the, pulled out the vehicle plate number and insisted we drive with him to the station. I was like, what's wrong? Okay, we drove down. When we got there, it became a big problem. He said, um, I, he was saying a lot of things that I didn't do this, I was meant to do this. To cut the long story short, they said they were going to arrest me. I said, what do you mean? It's a brand new car, it, it was a Kia. That it was, I bought it so and so time and blah, I gave them. They said, yeah, that I was supposed to do, there was a particular, maybe, police extract. And I didn't do that police extract then. I had every other document. They insisted I was going to take into the cell. I was just smiling. It was a big deal. That lady just came. He said, oh, God, I know somebody I can call. I just blushed. I said, let's talk to these guys. How much are we looking at? The guy said 50,000. I got angry. I said, what? For what? This lady picked up her phone, called somebody, gave me the phone. The person said, what happened? I narrated. He said, go and give, give any of them. They refused to pick the phone. The man insisted. He said, I threw the phone away. The lady brought the phone back. Do you know that phone call? All of them were shaking. They released my car. They said, if you have anything for us, fine. The lady said, the man said, don't give them nothing. So how do I know that she was the one that was going to help me? <laughs> praise God. Praise, praise the Lord. Yeah. The Spirit of God is the only one that can help us, actually. <laughs> uh, like we are here, like I'm here on the, uh, for the first time on the OC, the seat is actually hot. <laughs> Without the Holy Spirit, there are some decisions we will make in our life that is going to lead us into real catastrophe. If in, in trying to say it is not well to somebody that will not help us, we will put ourselves into tr real trouble. That will take us years to recover. I am I'm saying this because I have a living, I'm a living testimony to that. So we need the Holy Spirit to help us in every decision that we are making. Otherwise, we are going to go and say it is well to somebody that is, is even expecting us to not to be well with us. So God will help us in Jesus in making that decision. If God is if God did not help you, sir, you are going to be in jail. Though. They will just lock you up. <laughs> and that will be it. Praise yeah. the Lord. Yeah. Thank you so much, sirs. Thank you so much, ma'am. I have a question. And uh, permit me, it's going to be a three-in-one question. Three-in-one. And I'll slowly read it because of time so that we can all attend to it. This person says, Is it possible to sow our tithe and offering into a non-fertile land. Why is it that some people don't tithe, and yet they are blessed? And those that tithe are wallowing in poverty. Also, will the people that do not tithe end in hellfire? 
It's three in one. The Holy Spirit, it is well. It is well. It is well, sir. It is well. Uh, it is well, sir. Like I've said, we do not have all the answers. As we are seated there, we, are, we don't have the answers. We just try to answer. I think I'm speaking for everybody, sir. Yeah. <laughs> The, the issue of giving tight is an instruction from God. And it is a principle that applies to all. Uh, the Muslim in the five arms of Islamic, one of the arms is uh, uh, Saka, I think they call it Saka, yeah. that arms given. And for them, it is non-negotiable. They believe so much religiously in it. They do it. If you don't do it, the Bible says, God says, test me with this. That's, that's the first place I've read in the Bible that God will say, just try me, dear me, if I will not open windows of heaven. So I won't want to risk it, not pay my tithe. I don't want things to be tight for me. I, uh, I, I don't know that somebody will not go to hell for not paying tithe. Well, so the Bible says some people, eh, they are seen. They have gone ahead of them. They are seen. They will follow them. The punishment for that, that disobeying God's instruction, I think it's not going to be in hellfire. It's going to be from hell. That is my own view. That's my own personal view. And I feel that my prosperity and my success and, uh, in life is tied to pay my tithe. Because we think it is by uh, monetary uh, payback. Sometimes we will not, God will pro protect us, we will not have accidents, we will not go to the hospital, we will not enter into a once chance, we will not enter into some, some serious embarrassing situ uh, uh, problem, situation. Those are work that God used to pay us back in paying those tithes. But for me, it is not negotiable. I don't want to dear God not paying those tithes. Well, that uh, somebody will not make heaven. Well, it is, I'm not God. I can't answer that. It's God's uh, decision. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Dr. Azan. There's still a part of that uh, question about fertile land. Now, how do you know if you are still um, tithing and your tithe is uh, in a fertile land? And I'm guessing that uh, practically that would be maybe you are tithing and the church is not using the money for what they should use the money for, something like that. So I recall the story of um, Eli's son, uh, Hophni and Phinehas, and I think they were mismanaging. They were doing all sorts with uh, what the people of God were contributing. And I believe that the offering that the people of God were contributing were still accepted. Uh, it's just that it's the, the Eli's sons that were in big trouble, and even Eli's generation. So I believe that the Bible says that them that honor me, I will honor. And those that despise me, I will lightly esteem. So in that, in that scripture, it means you will still, you can be, you can be tightened into a non-fertile land, be blessed. But if you know truly that it's a non-fertile land, just pray for the man of God or the person that is mismanaging. Because it will not be nice for that person. Praise God. The third leg, right? So they've answered the first, the second, the third leg. 
those that pay tight and still are in poverty. Right? Yes. Okay, now, let me quickly read uh, Matthew 23, 23. Woe to, to you. It's written in red, so it was Jesus Christ that was speaking here. <laughs> Woe to you, scribe and Pharisees, Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay the tithe of mint and anise and conim and have neglected the weather matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. This ought to have done without leaving the other undone. You can pay tithe and still wallow in poverty. There's no two ways about that. Life is governed by principle. Yeah. There's a way we try to do one just to justify the one we like and we stay there. Then we don't need to even go to school. Let's just pay tight. We stay. Food will come. We don't need to look for a job. All of us, let's just stay at home. We just pay our tight. Food will just come. Things will just be happening. No. Life is governed by principle. When God created the heavens and the earth, he knew we were going to need the chair, but he created the trees. He knew we were going to need airplane. He never manufactured airplane then. So, there are weightier matters of the law that we try to neglect. Don't just pick one. There's a portion of the Bible that says, he that means one of the rules that you have, you know, you have wronged in all. So as much as possible, do, this is it. Do what you are supposed to do. And leave God to do what God is supposed to do. You, 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 are, you are embarking on a journey. You know it's a long distance. First thing, you're going with your car. You need to fuel your car. You need to put fuel in that car. You don't go halfway and say, oh, I know even if this fuel finish, God will put, put fuel. Well, yeah, it can happen. It can be circumstantial. But not that you, what you are supposed to do, you, you left undone. Pay tight. Do what you are supposed to do. Go to work, earn a living, and feed your family. Praise the Lord. Yeah, thank you, sir. Praise the Lord. I just have a quick comment on that. Um, Paying tight does not guarantee that you are going to get dollars or whatever currency you. God doesn't work like that. And I'm happy that uh, my brother mentioned that. Life is governed by principles. If at the time we are supposed to sow, we don't sow, where will the harvest come from? The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. It is he that gives us the power to get wealth. He will give us ideas. He will give us inspiration. He will not send dollars from heaven. If you have, you have $1,000 monthly, and you are spending all the $1,000, you are not saving for tomorrow, and you are praying 24 hours a day, it doesn't work that way. Even if you pay all your tithes to the church, there are principles there is a time to sow, and there is a time to harvest. If I hit all my seed, where will the harvest come from? The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, sir. I think this is Sister Anita and... Pastor, did you have a comment? Okay. Sister Anita. Thank you. So I'm going to answer, I think, two of the questions. One would be if someone would end up in hell if they didn't pay their tithe. Now, 
for me, it depends on why are you not paying the tithe. Now, if it is ignorance, then the prayer is that may God give such person understanding. But if it is, um, and then even the, the question about the fertile line, so I'll kind of tie it together. Now, if it is because, you know, you're choosing to say, oh, well, all these pastors, they steal money. They are doing this, they are doing that, so therefore I'd rather not pay my tithe. And you choose to disobey God's commandment, then that's an outright disobedience. Now, the Bible says that people will end up in hell, not necessarily because of what they do or do not do, but because they refuse to believe in the Son, in Jesus, right? And the Bible also says that anything not done in faith is what? Is sin. So if you're doing, if you're refusing to pay the tithe out of lack of faith, it is sin. And I'm sorry, it's what the scripture says, right? So the, the motive behind the refusal to pay the tithe really matters a lot. If it's in direct disobedience to God, that is sin. And that's a lack of faith. And if you truly believe that Jesus is your Lord, then you do everything that he commands. Anything outside of that is sin. The repercussion is hell. There's no sugarcoating that. That's one. Number two, fertile ground. I want to believe maybe that's one context that uh, Brashegun applied uh, um, answer to, and I really like that context. But the other context that I feel like maybe it might also be is that, oh, well, what if it's, um, if it's a place where it feels like you're paying type and you're not seeing results? You know, maybe people are looking for financial results in their lives or anything. Whether the land be fertile or not is not what produces the results. What produces the results, again, is faith in Jesus, faith in the word of God, that what God says he will do, he will do. The Bible says Isaac sowed in a land of famine and he did what? He reaped a hundredfold. So the, the, the land is not what determines the harvest. Your faith in God and the power behind the word of God that you hold on to is what produces the harvest. As to why people that don't pay tithes excel, that one, honestly, you don't live with them, you don't know. And I'll share quick um, this thing. When I was younger and I was living with my father, People used, my father wasn't born again, at least as far as, you know, I, I can remember him being alive, he wasn't. And people, there were people who used to use him as an example of, you know, this context to say, well, look at it here, he doesn't pay tithes, he doesn't go to, he doesn't go to church, but he's this, he's that, look at his children, look at this, look at that. But here's one thing they didn't know, I was a very sickly child. Every month, every month, we all heard the testimony on Sunday. They diagnosed me with anemia since I was a teenager. I was asthmatic. It was after I got born again that I prayed to God for my healing. I was asthmatic every single month. I know how much we used to spend at the hospital. But people didn't really know that because, you know, they don't see us when we're going to the hospital. They don't come. They don't see us when I'm spending the days. And I remember then his boss who was born again was the one who told him one day that, ah, ah, okay, see, this one that every month your daughter is sick. Have you noticed the pattern? And he was laughing it off. And even we even all made, in fact, all of us, not just him, all of us plus me, we made, we yabbed out, we made jokes about it like all these Christians safe. It was years later when I got born again, I understood. Every month I was sick, but the people know that, no. But he was their perfect example of somebody who is succeeding but doesn't pay tithes. You don't live with them, so you don't know what they're dealing with. If money could answer all the questions in life, rich people wouldn't be committing suicide. So much, thank you so much. Um, I would like us to take online comments because of our time quickly. Um, there was a comment here saying we do not sew tight, it is a divine instruction, and according to the order of Melchizedek, tights are brought into the storehouse of God, 
recall Jesus walking in the midst of the church in Revelations 2 and 3. And not all the churches got good commendation, but yet he was walking in their midst. Who defines a fertile ground? Thank you so much. And, um, I, I think like Pastor Mrs. had something to say before we wrap up. It has said Psalm 37. He said, Do not fright because of evil doer, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herbs. So when say somebody is blessed, that this passage of the Bible, Genesis chapter 4, verse 17, talk about Cain. They say Cain was blessed. He has a wife, has children, and he built a city. And he was a cosman. So, who is blessed? Is it a city? So it depends on what we call blessing. What is the definition of our blessing? So if Cain, that God himself caused, built a city, Genesis chapter 4, verse 17, he has a wife, he has children. When you look at such a person, say, ah, this person is prosperous. It's blessed, right? Mm. But he only was caused. Mm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So much. Um, can we all, you know, just appreciate our panelists thank you so much i would like us to rise up i would like us to rise up as we put our hearts to everything we've learned that the lord will help us to internalize them lord help me to internalize everything we've learned Amen. Amen. I believe we've been blessed tonight. Uh, but be before I go to the announcement, I want us to pray one prayer in addition to the one that we have prayed. When we do teachings like this, we get excited. But what is most important is for us to leave this place and actually be doers of the word not just hear us. So we are going to pray that God or my Father or my Lord, tonight I receive the grace to be a doer of your word, not just a hearer only. Because hearing alone will not profit us. It will not transform our lives. It is what we do with the word that will prosper us. Tonight I want us to pray and connect that Lord I receive the grace to be a doer, not just a hearer. I don't want to get excited in church. And at the end of everything, my life does not change. I still have the same habit. I still do the same thing. Nothing has changed, even after all that we have had tonight. Lord, please help me. I receive the grace to be a doer, not just a hearer of your word. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. In addition to that, it's just a, I'm just having this burden in my spirit. Let's pray for the grace for obedience. The grace for obedience. The grace to, to obey. 
whether it is convenient, whether it is not convenient, in season, out of season, the grace to obey, absolute obedience, not partial obedience, I receive tonight in the name of Jesus. My Father, my God, I come before you tonight. Father, I pray the grace for absolute obedience release upon me in the name of Jesus. Not 99%, not partial obedience, but absolute obedience. Not to rationalize your word, not to question, not to justify myself, but the grace to be able to obey you completely. Father, I receive tonight in the name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Lastly, this is just an admonition. Please, let's be like the Berean Christian. Let's not limit ourselves to what we hear in church. No one has the monopoly of the Holy Spirit. We are all believers. We all have access to the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When we get home, let us speak our Bibles. What does the scripture say? What does it say? It is not what Pastor Shaba or what Pastor Haiti said. What does the Bible say? Let's go back and be Berean Christians, and the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So just a quick announcement. Um, the Joyful Parents Prayer will continue this Friday. Uh, because of the program that they have between 7 and 8, uh, we will be having it between 8 and 9 p.m. this Friday, via the prayer altar telephone line. So Joyful Parents prayer this Friday between 8 to 9 p.m. Um, Thanksgiving service is on Sunday. Uh, all, our, all our timings remain the same for Thanksgiving Sunday. Then we have a special prayer, prayer night on Friday organized by the prayer band. It's between 11 p.m. and 4 a.m. So if you're interested, if you want to join, Please take advantage of this to come and join the prayer band. Prayer, I believe, is a night vigil between 11 p.m. and 4 a.m. And the Lord will help us as we join all these uh, services in Jesus' name. Before we share the, the grace, I just wanted to say something about tonight. If you have questions that have not been answered, or some questions are coming up later. Please feel free to direct them to Pastor Shaba or Pastor Haiti. We know we can't handle all the questions here, so there are still some questions that will come later. Please, let's not stop here. We are here to learn. So if we still have questions, let's direct them to Pastor Haiti or Pastor Shaba, and they will help us come up with solutions in Jesus' mighty name. Our Father and our God, we bless your name tonight. Daddy, we thank you because you are God and there is none like you. Thank you for the privilege to be able to come and share your word tonight, O oh Lord. Father, we pray the grace to be doers, not just hearers, we receive tonight in the name of Jesus. Father, as we go, O oh Lord, Father, please order our steps in your word. Lead and keep us in the path of your righteousness. Father, deliver us from every appearance of evil in the name of Jesus. My Father, my God, in our work with you, help us so that we will not fail. Help us so that we will not falter. We cannot do it by ourselves. Holy Spirit, please help us. So that at the end of everything, O oh Lord, when the trumpet shall sound, we will not be found wanting in the name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. Blessed be your holy name.
In Jesus' mighty name we are praying. Amen. We hope you were blessed by that teaching. For further inquiries, please visit our website, www.rccgppp.org. You can also check us on Facebook and on YouTube at rccgpppsk, on Instagram and Twitter at rccgppp. If you are within the city of Regina, Canada, you can join us in person at 1771 Bond Street, S4N, 1X7 for a refreshing time in God's presence.